Welcome to a Couch Divided podcast where secular psychology meets a Christian worldview with Dr. Robin Hall and Nick Thomas. All right, Nick, sit back and relax. And if you can't, we need to talk about that. <laughs> Prepare to be couched. everybody. Welcome to A Couch Divided Podcast. My name is Nick Thomas, and alongside with me, as always, the glorious Dr. Robin Hall. You're always glorious, and you know what? I think that is the adjective. That is just the, the stay adjective. Um, you have used glorious and also so ravishing. Ravishing. I had to roll the R's because James can't. That's right. Yes. It makes me immediately picture, I think I've probably said this before, the cover of one of those like 1980s tawdry romance novels you know yeah, yeah. with like the fabio guy yeah. on the cover mm-hmm. yeah. long hair with a, he's always got a rose in his the mouth southern bell yeah. with the <laughs> large bust that's, yeah yeah being yeah. swooned anyway <laughs> <laughs> swooned yeah uh well how are you good how are you i'm excellent i'm excited to be recording we, we've had a couple of past exciting episodes uh with cultish is, is getting uh, tremendous um, oh, yeah. you know uh, uh listens and downloads and we've received an influx of your messages i even got to meet somebody at reform con and if anybody doesn't know what reform con is uh we have a you know a reformed convention right <laughs> uh over here in phoenix uh that a bunch of guys with beards get to come together with their wives yep. <laughs> and, and learn about some things uh but it was great uh because right when i um um uh went in there I met a fan of ours, That's you know, so cool. and um, and uh, she was, in, you know who you are. I'm not going to uh, shout your name out or anything like that, uh, <laughs> but she was influenced by cultish and getting out of her respective cult. Oh, you know? my gosh. And of course, there's tremendous anxiety and, and stuff like that oh, when, yeah. you, when you come out of there. And then the uh, traumatic stress and then cultish featured us uh, last year uh, when we were um, uh, talking with them and. Uh, I got her past some of uh, her anxieties and, 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 and things like that. That's the uh, the short story, um, and um, and so God has used uh, our our podcast apologia as well as ours to to help people, and that's the prayer that we have yeah. every every time um, before we uh, before we start talking to you. So we are always praying for you, believer and unbeliever. We're always praying. Yes, for you. Yeah, yeah. that's so cool. I wish I could, I was not there um, this year. I know you next, were missed yeah, because ne- the people that came up there was Robin, was Robin, was Robin. But, next yeah. year, hopefully. Yes. And, uh, you'll, uh, you'll get to meet them and, uh, and they're great. So we thank you for faithfully listening to us. That uh, highly encourages us yes, to keep going to as really well. Does. Uh, we know that we're talking to, uh, to someone. Yes. <laughs> and, um, and not just to each other yeah, or ourselves. Sure. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. If you would like to contact us, you yes. can get us on Instagram at a couch divided pod, Facebook with the same name or a couch divided podcast at gmail.com. Yes, our website is currently under construction. We also got a message yeah. or a comment or something letting us know that we know. Yeah, we know. Yeah. We're, we're in a transitional <laughs> yeah. uh, phase at that. Right, so. right, right. But you were saying, Nick, that we have um, had a few really awesome 
episodes. Mm-hmm. And we're about to do another really awesome yeah, we're, one. We're about to do a, a one that I've been anticipating for a long time, too, as well. And it's going to speak to my heart. In fact, it's going to convict me as I as I talk. So I'm here to learn and not talk about it so much. <laughs> I don't know if you feel the same oh way. Oh, my gosh. I, I feel that way. And I'm, I'm just ready to, like look at myself in the mirror after yeah. this and feel cringy. Yes. Just feel pretty cringy yes. in the best possible way. Like yes. Holy spirit descend on you yes. conviction. So I feel like we're building it up a lot. I bring a, gu- I bring a guitar to sing Kumbaya to, to, so I can have some peace in my heart afterwards. <laughs> and just like, uh, I'm justified by faith and faith alone. Faith I don't, and faith alone. <laughs> I don't let him stay in the house though. When he does that, I make him go yeah, outside. Yeah, I got to go outside mm-hmm. with the with the animals. Trip out the neighbors. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, uh, who do well, we have uh, with us? Yes. So that being said, we have uh, Mrs. Sherry Staggs here. The beautiful, lovely, wonderful, brilliant, and smart Sherry Staggs. Oh, we can go on forever. Yeah. Well, we, I've, she need, you needed an adjective. You needed a few adjectives, apparently. <laughs> Sherry, how are you doing? Hello. I am good. I'm really honored to be here and excited to be here. Um, just about justified by faith alone. Um, so convicting. We can end the podcast. Yes. Right. Know, right. So we already said that and we're oh, already feeling we conviction. Yeah. We also have a mic we could literally drop right now. Yeah. Mic drop. Liz Lemon out. No, no, no. Okay. Fans. I'm okay, sorry. Anyway. I didn't get that one. Um, yeah. <laughs> so before we have Mrs. Staggs introduce herself, what are we talking about today, Nick? So uh, again, a highly anticipated uh, for uh, topic for us, uh, really uh, about financial stewardship, how to manage your money and how uh, right. to either grow it uh, and what to feel about it and where does sin lie? Where does righteousness lie? What is the... Uh, where do some heresies lies <laughs> and right. uh, where do some sound theology lies uh, there too as well. And then, then the psychological consequences is sometimes of, of being of, a poor steward, of being a poor steward <laughs> of your money, just mismanaging money in general or the idolatrous ways that we can uh, serve it and, and not God at the yep. same time. So uh, yeah. definitely as an yeah. idol. So yes, the uh, psychology of good financial stewardship and why that matters as a Christian. Right, right. And uh, of course, we have Sherry Staggs. If anybody doesn't know her, now you will. Yes. And um, well, Sherry, I'm going to let you, actually, I'm going to uh, defer to you. Uh, why are we talking like this about you? <laughs> why are we talking? Yes. Why are we talking to you today? What's the elephant in the room here, Sherry? <laughs> the elephant behind your name. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, just, I guess a little bit about me and kind of my journey through money. Um, if that's where we're going, yeah, there, and I'll yeah, make it yeah. short. um, I will say I'm a daughter of God, a stay at home mom and wife. And I say those first because everything else is secondary right. um, to it. those things. I just um, love you so much. I love you so much. <laughs> I just, um, I do it, this is so cool. I'm sorry to interrupt, but like, do you guys all realize that we're all we're part of this amazing eternal family? Yeah. And like you guys all don't have the pleasure of being a friend to Sherry like I do, mm. but you get to be with her forever for the very reasons she just said. That yes. is so cool. There you go. Okay. Oh. Anyway, keep going. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Um, natural friends. Mm-hmm. Um, I am blessed to own my own accounting practice. We focus primarily on business bookkeeping now. Um and I do, I, the Lord kind of threw a coaching program in my lap with my husband and um, uh, another Christian business partner where we coach business owners on correct bookkeeping or how to run their own bookkeeping practice now. So I think that's why we're talking a little bit because that <laughs> all kind of came to light. Um, over the summer, I also passed my um, life insurance. 
exam. Okay. Um, so learned a bit about life insurance. Um, oh, that is kind of, so cool. I didn't even I can help with yeah. some financial planning and directing. I, I have a partner I can direct to financial planning a little bit. But all of this came about because of my own journey through money and trying to figure out what is this thing of money. I grew up in, so my twin brother and I at one point lived in a situation with my mom where him and I would go mow lawns in order to eat lunch. We would go mow lawn and buy lunch. And um, coming from that, then going to college and paying for college, you know, myself. Right. There's a lot you have to learn about money. And then, you know, I went from college straight into, you know, I got married right out of college. Um, I joke that it's an arranged marriage. (laughs) 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 But I'm God's sovereignty. Hashtag God's sovereignty. (laughs) 100%. 100%. And, you know, then we got married and we had to figure out finances together. And thankfully... I am surrounded and God has surrounded me with a ton of solid Christian believers who will challenge basic principles. Um, And I didn't know what to do. I was like, I would do it this way. He was doing it another way. How do I respect my husband? How do I handle money? And have just spent years studying money and doing money. And it's all been centered out of serving my family. Um, During that time, God has just blessed it, blessed the research, blessed the inquiry there i suppose it's so that's why i'm here um yeah this and she is just a whiz she's a whiz so the the accounting firm that you guys own is called stags consulting correct yes ma'am okay so we'll yeah we'll link um we'll put a link in our sure yeah where do you put links on Instagram in your bio? Yeah, oh uh, on the bio, uh, in the stories, and in uh, all yeah, Facebook. We'll, well definitely so. make sure that yeah. we share their info. And if anybody, for whatever reason, doesn't remember Stags Consulting, I, that's such a powerful yeah. stag. You know, I know that's your last name, but yes, it um, is. Well, you can always just email us, and we'll give it to you if you're interested. So yes. we highly recommend our services. <clears throat> um, okay, so I feel like we should start with why are why are we having this discussion? What does God talk to us about money in scripture, Nick? Yeah. So there are about over 2,300 verses <laughs> about money alone. So, you know, we always have that pithy Christian saying is like, if God repeats himself, you know, it, it's rather important. But um, Oh, is that a pithy? Okay. Yeah. Uh, but he repeats himself, repeats himself, repeats himself yeah. over uh, over this topic. And, and there's a good reason why um, I would like to start from creation to the fall but um, I feel like that that'd probably be better um, in the middle of the conversation okay. here. Um, but he does speak to financial uh, uh, dispositions, um, you know, where to land uh, on that and how to be a good steward of your money uh, all over the place. He also gives us many warnings about it yeah. um, as well. And so sometimes it can be confusing, right? You know, what to do with your money. We, uh, we live in a world that sees everything in black and white, um, or either this or or that, this or that. I can save my money or I can't save my money, kind of thing. And there are you a mean pl- like extremes? I yeah, think. like yeah. extremes. And it's easier to categorize in our minds that way. But there are a plethora of categories uh, of uh, you know how we, you would manage your money, and uh, um, you know topics about giving and saving and things like that. Too. Well, right, and I so I I feel like it, where you're heading is such an important point and one that Sherry actually made uh with us right before we started recording mm-hmm. but 
um, I think I have this tendency to look at certain like spending behaviors as just outright sinful, mm-hmm. like as being sinful, um, when that might not necessarily be true right. or, or otherwise like, or this is totally fine. Like true. this is completely reasonable and rational. It's not mm-hmm. a sinful right. spending behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, we're couch divided, but there's definitely a psychological underpinning here too. So right. as Christians, like Nick said, he he was quoting David Platt said something like twenty three over twenty three hundred verses yeah. relate to this. It's topic. not an exaggeration, either, um, so. but money. I can't think of anything that causes more stress and anxiety than money. I yeah. really like everyone is stressed about money, right? Uh, I mean, unless I, I honestly, I would love to ask like a very wealthy, wealthy, wealthy person. Are you also stressed about money? And is that stress different than <laughs> the average person's stress? I don't know. Maybe Sherry, if you ever come across like a, like a Bill Gates level client, you can ask them for us, <laughs> do a little interview and ask them what their stress level is like. We'll, we'll, really uh, we'll teach you how to do client documentation. Um, so Sherry, do you want to speak to that? What, what, how do you kind of sum up what God tells us about, about money and about being a good steward of it? Yeah. Just gather my thoughts. So, I mean, obviously, yeah, 2,300 verses is not an exaggeration you know That's we're so told in just to list a few first timothy six ten, there is a special kind of wickedness that comes with idolizing money right yeah or um you know proverbs thirteen eleven, wealth obtained from empty effort dwindles but the one who gathers with his hands abounds. Right. Yeah. Proverbs 15, 18, right? So the co- consequences and things like that. Um, another one we had kind of talked about was um, Proverbs 24, 27. Prepare your work outside, get everything ready for yourself in the field, and after that, build your house. Mm-hmm. Um, so in those 2,300 verses mm-hmm. is, the, is the gamut. Right, the full wealth of knowledge. How do we, right. And and that's why, right? We, when we talk about scripture, that that we can go to the Bible to seek that wisdom and knowledge. We don't have to completely be surrounded by faithful believers if we're going to scripture and saying, "What does scripture say?" So scripture does tell us how are we supposed to show up to work. You know, when can we rest? What does rest look like? Um, and then it it shows us. What is our heart supposed to be in it? And then what are we supposed to be doing with it? You know, how are we supposed to be giving it? In what form? How are we loving our neighbor through that? Um, are we being slothful? Are we idolizing it? Right. right. Are we getting distracted by it? And and are we doing what we're supposed to be doing? So so that's just high level, right? Right. But you had kind of started to go down the path of those different legalistic yeah. <laughs> type mm-hmm. actions that I challenged you on. For a <laughs> right. Uh, well, so just, I, I was using um, the specific example of if, you know, Uber eats and I'm mm-hmm. not trying to badmouth Uber eats. It's a brilliant business model, truly. Mm-hmm. Um, but you could, if you wanted a milkshake, it could be easily be $15. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and I guess you'd have to argue too, like the gas cost to going mm-hmm. to get a milkshake, mm-hmm. the risk inherent in driving your vehicle away from your house. I don't, if you wanted to get really crazy about it, you can go always into technicalities um, and find some kind of, um, yeah, you know, but, warning. There. But yeah. Sherry, you know, she, sometimes she brought up the point that sometimes, it's absolutely appropriate to spend the $15 on the milkshake, right? Mm-hmm. Depending on w- who you're gifting it to, like mm-hmm. what's, you know, what's actually involved in it, what your heart is behind it. So that's, that's very challenging to me. Cause like I said, I tend to think of things as either wasteful or not. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think that leads me to a certain kind of legalism. And then I end up beating myself up Mm. if I violate, you know, whatever I've decided is wasteful, Mm -hmm. you know, violate that. So Right. And I gave an extreme example where um, you couldn't go get the milkshake, but to bless this person and bring joy to the household, not from like a sinful, like there wasn't a discipline issue, right? Like there wasn't a sinful issue in the request for a a dessert or something. Like it was like in, in this particular instance, right? there was joy to be had all around in um, and there was room in the budget. Right. So we're later, we'll talk about like, what are some things that we can actually be mm-hmm. doing? And because there was a budget for it, there was permission to, to enjoy the luxury of you, <laughs> of reads. Right. Or sometimes if there's a, you know, you could go down the rabbit hole of a sick um, family that you want to bless or something like that, that maybe you couldn't go to or deliver a meal because God has called you to different things that day. Um, and then I would challenge it. Is is it the way out to order? You know, isn't, is it the excuse to order Friday night pizza via Uber eats versus making pizza with a family? Like what is the motive behind it? Right. Um, and I can't, I can't judge that for Mm -hmm. each, each individual. Um, but or I each cir- circumstance. Yeah. yeah, for sure. So with that, Nick would ki- it kind of brought up the prosperity gospel versus pauper mentality. Do you want to elaborate on yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Um, so obviously, uh, anybody that's listening to this podcast, and it maybe is from the reform persuasion, you know how we've repudiated the um, prosperity gospel. <laughs> the the right? reformed persuasion. Yeah, whatever, whatever. <laughs> That's the name of my band. It's a punk rock band. <laughs> but we know, uh, we, we have repudiated the prosperity gospel. Yes. Um, I don't, have, we, oh, have we actually said that out loud? Oh, I, I don't know. If okay. I if I have it on this podcast, you, you should just walk with me day to day because I'm always talking yeah, about it. Um, we do repudiate. Um, I do a homeless and addiction ministry, yeah. and a lot of them are bamboozled by prosperity. Uh, only because they, they think that if you're, you know, they, they just come to Jesus and then all of a sudden they're healthy and wealthy. Right. And, what, tell, right. So tell everybody what, right. so for people that aren't familiar, what is right. the prosperity gospel? So the, the prosperity gospel, the health, wealth, and prosperity gospel, also known sometimes as the word of faith movement with uh, just speaking things into existence uh, or praying a, a prayer of healing and, and commanding God's spirit to move in such a way where you have no authority over uh, in, uh, in orthodoxy, but you've for some reason, have authority over right. in this prosperity gospel. You have zero ability yeah. to command God's spirit in that way, just right. just in case that was unclear. <laughs> right. So when I think of prosperity gospel, especially when I do uh, these uh, these homeless ministries and, and things like that, um, they have a false uh, presupposition about God. Um, I had that false presupposition about God when I came into uh, the, the kingdom, uh, when I got saved. 
um, out of addiction because I was wondering why I was still struggling with all these things. Well, I'm with Jesus now. Everything is supposed to be, you know, you know, up hunky dory. Okay, you know, Every, just no better. More suffering. Now it was better as turns in my joy and my excitement about God, um, well, but I didn't understand the concept of suffering either. Um, and I think that the prosperity gospel kind of just repudiates uh, the idea of suffering because if you, you know you're you're not living in the the wealth of Christ if you suffer. Um, and then, of course, that extends to money uh, as well. It extends to all factions of life when you talk about the prosperity gospel, but specifically money. Even um, uh, Kenneth Copeland bragged about having a billion dollars, you know what I mean? And uh, oh that he received something from God, uh, you know, uh, we're going to get you into the uh, a billion ministry, a billion dollar ministry. And you have to confess these things, you know, confess it with your mouth and you will receive it. Um, and, what a weasel. And then, uh, yes. Um, and so a lot of people will say God exists because I have this much money or I've gotten these kinds of things kind of thing. Wait, so, okay. Just because I'm not sure it, would this be, um, kind of what we see happen in like celebrity culture? Like, yes. But, okay. So yes. like the big major. Yeah. Or TBN or something like that. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah I gotcha. Well, um, so I know like Osteen, I know some of the big names that are mm-hmm. associated with this that are, you know, quote unquote within the movement itself. But I was wondering if um, this was kind of what you see when you see celebrities that, you know. Yeah, you see a lot of celebrities. Uh, I don't know the individual's hearts are in, in the matter because I'm not going to say that everybody at Joel Osteen's church is not saved. Oh, no. They no. may be bamboozled by incorrect theology. Sure. Um, so it's like, uh, you know, it's like the Roman Catholic Church. I, uh, of course, I believe that people can be saved in there. In spite of their theology, they can be saved. Uh, but if you actually follow the structure of that theological structure and believe it holistically, chances are that uh, you have not received the spirit. You don't understand. Um, and so, um, and hopefully this will correct you on that. So the prosperity gospel can be very dangerous. It's about attainment only. And uh, it really uh, uh, gets you into a position to where you're serving money and you're using God uh, to do that. Well, and so this is so some of what's born, I think, out of this bad theology is the belief that if you are, so if you're a part of this movement and you aren't receiving the mm-hmm. like health, wealth, the glory as mm-hmm. it's being preached to you, mm-hmm. then you must not be faithful enough. It, right. You're not, you're not giving right. You're right. not doing it right. Right. Um, we've talked about faith and faith alone. We are saved by faith and faith alone. Um, and though, so sometimes, uh, people in poverty will go, well, God, I mean, I hear it all, all the time. Well, God must be punishing me. Right. I might should be not doing things right. right now. Their own conscience is their own conscience. What they're talking about is the reality of their sin. And sure. then all of a sudden God's going to strike you with poverty. Um, because uh, of this said sin kind of thing. And I'm, I, I will promise you, if you're in the new covenant, God does discipline. Yes. Um, uh, but it's the chastisement of his children in such a way where he conforms you to the image of Jesus Christ. Out of uh, Not, oh, oh, you should have done this, and now you're, I'm going to make you poor now. Right. Thing. Um, I don't see that in the scripture. Okay, um, so the ahead. other end, right, so kind yeah. of on the other end of the spectrum is the this popper yeah. theology so and what's so, that so impoverished theology or popper theology now i do believe uh that like uh, guys like um uh, john piper or david platt there's a lot of theologians that we would consider faithful in christ and brothers in christ but they do have sort of um a popper mentality meaning if, meaning what uh meaning they will put themselves at the lowest position financially if they obtained to solely give and it creates a sense a lot of people that follow this creates a sense of guilt of spending at all like if i if um, i have any abundance yeah. it, with regard well 
probably yeah. with anything, but with money right. specifically, and I don't give of it, then yeah, it's I, such as it. It's more spiritual to be poor than it is to be okay. rich, kind of thing. And since you're rich in Christ, then if you've obtained, then uh, you must give. Um, and uh, you must give a, a good amount and keep yourself in the um, you know the lower income uh, kind of thing. Um, I knew a pastor one time that had this mentality. He's a great man, yeah. but he wouldn't even buy a truck, uh, even if his car broke down. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because he didn't want to give the imagery of that he's actually spending money mm. um, that he got paid with because he's a pastor. Mm-hmm. Um, because the congregate members would rumble amongst themselves. Oh, he's got a new truck. Okay, uh, can yeah. we just do this? Is this is going to be off topic for like the larger you know theme of our show? But do not do that. Yeah, don't do that. Your pastors work so hard. Yeah, yeah. bless them. Do yeah, they need yeah help. bless them, bless yeah. them. And if you see them with a vehicle, a new vehicle, praise God. Congratulate yeah, them and yeah. thank the Lord for providing for their needs. Yeah. Don't you dare, right? right. Now, there is wisdom uh, of obviously managing money. That's the topic of this podcast. But there also is wisdom about, you know, the image that you're giving off. Sure. So a lot of uh, uh, pastors are um, uh, pretty transparent about their finances and, uh, you know, you know, look them up and things like that. And uh, what what does that mean? Well, you can look up their taxes. You can look up the. uh, Can't you just uh, do that for everybody, though? Well, I mean. Is that not true? Yeah. Oh, you can't. Okay. I I, I don't think so. Sherry, Sherry. Yeah. We can see Sherry. You guys can't. Yeah. She's nodding her head. No, Uh, you can't just look at anybody. But uh, a lot of churches will display some of their finances. Uh, Actually, when we go to Apologia, if you look on the bottom of every um, uh, Sunday brochure, you know what I mean? Or the bulletin, yeah. You'll see the needs and the needs met. You yeah, know, the, and, the giving and, report. Yeah, the giving report. Um, this allows you to know that, hey, we're not stealing from you. And yeah. I think, um, and I don't mind that. You know, I uh, think no, I think it's great. And so I think that's good enough yeah. for the imagery kind of thing. But you know, again, this is not John Piper or David Platt's mentality. Um, but um, when they say, you know, make yourself poor because you are rich in Christ. You tend not to be able to enjoy a lot of the things that you've actually earned and received too, right. as well. So I do believe that there is a sort of a balance between prosperity because God does prosper you. Right. Um, but there's also another side giving because God does command you to give too, as well. And so how do you balance that out to where you can richly enjoy what you received because you worked hard and God has blessed you with those hands to work. And then how can you bless others too, as well? It's right. love God, love neighbor all right. over the place. So. Well, and I, so I, I'm really excited to have Sherry speak to all of that, but I feel like all of that, all of this information has to be coupled with, you know, what we know in scripture Mm -hmm. and inheritance is such a huge theme Mm -hmm. throughout all of scripture. I mean, that's what, I mean, the Mm -hmm. whole covenant is right. Mm -hmm. It's about our inheritance. So, um, anyway, I just, it's not. It can't be mm-hmm. right that we're supposed to give away absolutely like everything that we own to the point of pauperhood. That's not a word. Yeah, pauperdom. Pauperness. Almost never excelling in society because uh, you feel guilty about spending right. the money that you mm-hmm. received. But I. But you also are not you. I mean, the entire gospel is a like a gift. This freely given gift mm-hmm. by God who received what we deserved and he didn't. So Mm -hmm. we are absolutely as to be imitators of Christ is to be generous. Mm -hmm. Like, so where is the, where's the balance? Yeah. Where's the balance? Sherry. (laughs) (laughs) I hope I explained that correctly. So you're starting to ask, you know, what does it mean to be a good steward of the finances? And, you know, from that, 
to to transition out of the pop you know, the popper mentality so prosperity gospel being i'm just going to you know asking you shall receive right to the extreme mm-hmm. right um with no action mm-hmm. um <laughs> anyway um i won't go down that but proverbs 22 13 says the sluggard says there's a lion outside i shall be killed in the streets mm-hmm. he actually repeats that mm-hmm. twice there's a lion in the road there's a lion in the streets oh so, well so um, tell us what that means please i will okay i'm um, sorry <laughs> you're good so you could substitute lion for any fear to, oh. to fully get the context, right? Okay. There is, I, I'm not sure, I, I don't want to get you guys like banned on your, your platform. Please, um, please do. Please get us banned. Yeah. Yes, please we do. haven't, <laughs> we haven't been banned. Well, shadow yeah. banned, but yeah. not banned. Yeah. banned. Yeah. We've been shadow banned, but not yeah. banned. Yeah. Anyway. So <laughs> a couple of years ago, there was a virus outside. I mm. shall be killed in the streets. Mm-hmm. It becomes this excuse to not go and do. Mm-hmm. I'm going to hide behind this excuse of I can't. Um, I don't have the knowledge. I don't have the resources. Um, I should just give up because I will be killed. I will be destroyed. I will fail. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, wow. I've goosebumps. Yeah. Yeah. The book of Ecclesiastes speaks a lot about that too, as well as don't wait for the storm to pass to do your work kind of thing. And I paraphrase that, that verse in Ecclesiastes, but it's the same thing as making excuses just based off of your existential circumstances. So, so right. what, okay. My question is, what it where is the balance then of of course not idolizing fear not succumbing to fear anxiety of the lion right or whatever the lion represents but also being wise and not running into the street to get mauled by a lion hmm. um oh sherry i'm curious to, to hear what uh, you would say about that but then also there is sometimes where there is a lion on the street so the sluggard says that the lion not the wise man says it's the lion so oh, okay the sluggard is saying it because i gotcha because he doesn't want to do anything okay, whereas okay. the wise man would say it because well there is an actual oh, lion there's an the- actual <laughs> lion out there right yeah, yeah. okay well and i do think too god calls us in some instances to go outside anyway when the lion is in the road but that's why israel walked around a desert for 40 years yeah (laughs) (laughs) um okay that's such a great verse that was you can you tell us where that was again proverbs 22 i think you said um 26 oh so it's first in proverbs 22 13 and then he repeats it in proverbs 26 13 through 14 wow um so so it's it's that big of a point is all um, but it speaks to the motive behind the actions, right? Right. That's what we want to see. Um, and the anti-willingness to learn and pursue, God, be faithful in what God is asking you to do. Right. So oh. even if we're going into battle, if God has called us into the battle, we're going to go into the battle prepared mm-hmm. with our tools, with our sh- sword and shield, things like that. And we're going to faithfully go into that battle That's or it. like David and Goliath, we're going to go with what we have. We're going to go with the slingshot. Right. Oh my gosh. Right. Yeah. Wow. I have, I have goosebumps of conviction right now. Already. Already. <laughs> oh my God. Context, but an example of like, right, right. What we're, you know, it, you're still being faithful in the action that God has called you to do right. is my point there. Um, but with that, you can't serve two masters, yeah. right? 
So Job was very wealthy. He was also righteous. So I think you, you, you had this note. Um, you can have abundance and still be faithful and obedient to Christ. And I want to highlight this because um, if you're, so this is, I, I'm obviously, I, my goal in life is to serve my family, right? to be faithful in the resources God has given me. That doesn't mean I don't make money because God has given me a means to do so, but it shouldn't be at the expense of my family. Right. So, but there are, there was times where I was, I'm, I'm input learner. So I love absorbing information, right? Mm-hmm. I can do that at the expense of my family. So if I'm sitting down on the couch binging YouTube because I'm curious about a topic and not cooking dinner. Right. In the means or effort to make money, right? Or maybe I'm, as a stay-at-home mom, I have little ones to take care of instead of focusing on their needs. Maybe I'm blogging all day long Mm -hmm. and putting my kids in front of TV. But the caveat here would be I'm doing so in addition to like our needs being met right so so there are caveats here i'm saying the principle like you have to evaluate your role so a husband sitting and doing his blog all day as long as it's making money and providing for the needs of his family he should be doing that right so so there are certain to be the caveats of how you go make money right the point is if you're idolizing it your actions are going to show it so if you're idolizing money idolizing making money you're going to be sitting at the computer on a blog that's not making any money to the neglect of your family. Right. Mm. Right. So that would be serving one master incorrectly. Right. Um, and then, so you can't serve God in money. Right. Mm. Yeah. So if we serve God first and are faithful in the things he's called us to do, then we could have the blog. Right. Right. So um, I, I would say it would be priority there, right. potentially. Yeah, how you prioritize what actually, you're doing. I actually saw this in my own life too as well. Again, I'm I'm a single man, so when I entered into the kingdom of God, everything was trial by fire and learn by doing. Yeah, kind of thing. I think for most of us. And uh, unfortunately, I was I was um, failed to be discipled uh, right yeah. when I a lot of a lot of people go into the kingdom of God that way, and the you know you say the sinner's prayer, and all of a sudden you just go to church on Sunday, and that's it, kind of yeah. thing. And uh, um, and, uh, I, uh, he put a tremendous fear of the Lord, uh, of him, uh, of himself into my heart to where I had a very fundamentalistic uh, attitude, but it, it served a purpose because it made me a creature of the word. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got to filter everything out. And then as I sort of slowly started understanding what a man was, what a husband was, what all this was and God's law is when work and labor started coming to me mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was able to actually know make money and 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 do these things and it was a slow my my uh my sanctification was in the course of logic and learning everything and so that when future enterprises come i would know what to do because of the trials in the past um i can't say that that it's the same for everybody but that's god's mercy on uh my uh my hand now i'm like juggling like four or five different projects (laughs) that are on the verge of being monetized like just like this close close. yeah this close and it's because of all that that wisdom and knowledge Uh, i'm not quite there yet but it's it's getting there oh it's gonna happen and um i i just wanted to put that out there because everything has its time and place and order and structure uh even in Mm -hmm. sanctification and god does care about 
you know, you, uh, uh, your finances does care about your welfare and, and things like that. Um, and, and, uh, obviously has created the, um, um, sort of a, a currency for us, uh, to, uh, to understand so that we can uh, live long in the land kind of thing like that. So, oh yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I hope that makes sense. I, I just wanted to give it a little <laughs> personal story there. <laughs> uh, oh. it makes a lot of sense to me. Sherry, you've mentioned uh, Proverbs 13, 11, wealth obtained from empty effort dwindles, uh, but the one who gathers with his hand abounds. Uh, that is from the Legacy Standard Bible. Um, and so uh, that uh, is a different th translation, but it, it means the same thing. There's also a parallel verse in here, what I would refer to verse 18, poverty with disgrace comes uh, uh, to him who neglects discipline, but he who keeps reproof will be honored. Uh, you mentioned that verse in the beginning, and you say you have a story about that. Yeah, and just, um, I guess, my experiences with businesses and watching businesses thrive or or recede and dwindle. Mm -hmm. um, when I watch businesses' financials, I can see a lot of this. And if you... Um, so, for instance, in the coaching industry, mm -hmm. if you followed, you know, you can see a lot of scams happen with, um, just coaches in general, pick mm -hmm. your industry, pick your industry or niche within coaches. What kind mm -hmm. of like, can you give us an example of the kind of scams that happen? Like you mean people kind of yeah. selling themselves? Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, this obviously is not from a government control standpoint is fraud, mm -hmm. but you can get into coaching programs that promise you you'll make a hundred thousand this year. Um, I promise that you'll forex your income mm. or you're, you'll gross forex of your investment, things like that. And they will tout student examples and things like that. But then you're not seeing all the behind the scenes. And if you're not really careful with reviews and talking to students who have maybe gone through that program, you can be led astray mm. to coaching programs who don't actually stand up to their word and they can look good, right? They can look fantastic. They can have all the credentials behind their name. They can say that all the right things, they can have the perfect lead pages. Mm -hmm. um, but even in my experience and my coaching business came about because one that dwindled and fell through because, you know, we talk about having a good name. Nick mentioned at the very beginning we want to have a good name. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When we start becoming lazy, when we stop, when we start um, idolizing money and making maybe making fraudulent, fraudulent claims, mm -hmm. our name carries less and less weight. Right. That will be shared shared in the streets, typically in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. That you know, hey, don't do business with them. Don't do business with them. Not from a gossip standpoint, but you're in business to mm -hmm. make money. Right. Provide family. Mm -hmm. We even see that with Proverbs 31. Mm -hmm. But if you're disciplined and you show up, right? I see a lot of businesses, especially in the bookkeeping realm, I, I see a lot of bookkeeping businesses start. Um, but it takes consistent discipline effort to keep the business going. It keeps showing up for your clients. It keeps doing, yeah. you have to do the books. You have to continue to do the marketing. You have to put effort in to running any sort of business or making any sort of money. You have to actually show up to the job, right? Um, so I, I think there is, I, I think that tangibly relates to our actions going into the marketplace, whether it's to work for an employer, 
for it to work for yourself. Wow. Yeah. Power, um, powerful. Just a side note on that. Like, you know, we, we keep talking recession just right now in the news and you keep hearing recession. A lot of businesses that have been formed, so wealth obtained from empty effort mm -hmm. dwindles. They often dwindle in recessions mm -hmm. because people pull back their money. Right. And then there's no reputation to stand on. Oh, wow. And so they haven't saved. They haven't done the work to last through recessions. Hmm. Not not saying that all businesses that close during the recession. Sure. Any recession sure. Is because of empty effort. But some of them, if you have built on it, you know, word of caution. Yeah. Gotcha. You might be coming coming to an end. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. But, um. So everybody that's getting scammed by, uh, you know, uh, their, uh, their phones right now, you know, you receive spam calls and everything <laughs> like that. Um, you know, just wait till you go into a recession. They won't be able to call you anymore. <laughs> well, they, they, that would be a great consequence of that. Well, I worked for PayPal and uh, we had even a security department and sometimes I don't have to take phone calls for them. And uh, we, um, we would get a lot of emails, uh, fake emails. Oh well. yeah, and um, that look like PayPal emails. Uh, you can press a button and log in. Now they have your, uh, you know, password and stuff like sure. that. And so they fish. It's called phishing. Right. And uh, I'm talking about like hard scams. And so the scripture says, "Woe to anybody who gains by unjust means and right. things like that." Um, but I have to believe that this proverb also applies to them. Is that it won't last very long. They're not going to make millions of just stealing from people like that. You know what I mean? Well, or like if if they do. Whoa, yeah. Whoa, to, what is? It? Yeah, woe to you. Yeah, woe to you, and you'll, yeah, yeah, you'll pay the consequences. Uh, trust me. Um, I, th I mean, it's so interesting. Even just my own psychological response to our discussion, money has always been, um, like an area that I've witnessed just witnessed people being stressed out about. You know what I mean? In general, mm -hmm. um. Um, yeah. So, but it's so important to, that we're having this discussion. And I think, um, I, where this episode's going to come out like right after Black Friday. Right. So sorry, y'all. Yeah. This is not meant to, uh, make you feel guilty. <laughs> feel, yeah. It is. Unless it's I appropriate. Mean, it is meant to feel, <laughs> meant to help, help, uh, the spirit convict, you know, be a means of conviction. Um, but psychologically sp speaking, you know, that we'll put our, our, uh, we have, we have to touch on the psychological consequences of some of this stuff. Right. Well, um, I think there can be very, really serious, serious psychological consequences if you get caught up in things like the prosperity word of faith well, movement and more than just financial like stress, but well, just like in the verse that I just mentioned in, in, in Proverbs 13, 18 as oh, poverty and disgrace comes to him who neglects discipline. And I use that word disgrace too. Um, and um, I don't know if this is an existential disgrace. Uh, this uh, a poverty uh, uh, is, but this disgrace is actually a defilement in one's mind, how uh, they would feel because of the poverty. Feeling shameful. Yeah, feeling shameful. And um, disgrace is coming over your name, especially if you have to take care of somebody too as well. Um, is that um, they can look upon you like, you know, uh, the failure, or you, at least you feel that somebody's looking upon you like right. a failure. Um, and that can happen in both, you know what I mean? Um, you've promised this, and you didn't fulfill the promise, so therefore disgrace comes upon you. Right, kind of guilt, thing. shame. Um, and, and it says, he who neglects discipline in these areas. So 
we know in counseling, a lot of people that we do uh, talk to lack discipline in certain areas. And of course, this exacerbates uh, a lot of uh, the anxiety, depression, or whatever we're dealing with. And sometimes it is a cause, I mean, strict cause because right. of it. Yeah. Right. Um, um, and so... Um, the, you know, the Proverbs, when they speak about, uh, financial, uh, wealth and health, um, is also speaking about physiological state of minds and, uh, cognitive state of minds and, uh, your well-being mentally as well. They go hand in hand. Right. Money is so powerful that it affects both your existential circumstances and, uh, you're also your mind frame too, mm-hmm. you know. You see men, sometimes men, uh, get fired from their jobs there, um, afraid to tell their family that Mm. they got fired so in the morning they still dress up in the shirt and tie and they go to the park and sit for eight hours because they want to make it look like they're working because they can't tell their wives that they failed that happens a lot um and um and uh (laughs) if anybody's seen the movie falling down it's exactly what he was doing uh, until he broke and ran on a rampage around town but uh, um uh, so check out that movie if you haven't seen that movie uh but um so just uh now we're talking about the men's um uh, disposition and providing too as well and uh you know how um how totally devastating that can be when you've sure brought disgrace upon yourself or you at least you feel that way yeah i mean if you are failing to to provide financially period and mm-hmm. that like i mean you you have to do that before you can even be mm-hmm. like ma- before you can manage money it has to be there mm-hmm. right so i it's and it's hard to um under like as a woman to put myself kind of empathetically into a position of understanding because that burden doesn't fall on me, mm-hmm. but it has in the past, like as a single woman, I was entirely responsible mm-hmm. for myself financially. Um, you know, I, but I do think like in a perfect world, my dad would have been financially responsible for me until I was married. Yeah. So anyway, um, yeah. but I was, so mm-hmm. It, but it is hard to imagine like that type of pressure though now as a married woman because mm-hmm. it it is it's it's a burden yeah this is why they say welcome to adulthood oh man <laughs> i didn't realize that all this stuff was here because right. my parents were taking care of me so i feel like to call out this like that this i think there is a chronic anxiety that occurs with people who are not being good stewards of their money that like they feel like pressed and stressed and broke all the time, but they are unwilling to look at the poor habits <laughs> that they have around their money, right? When they have $5 extra and that's it, mm-hmm. they go and buy, mm-hmm. they waste it essentially, right? I'm trying not to be legalistic any- right. anymore. Um, so in a, in a sense, we kind of create this self feeding like a feedback loop mm-hmm. where <clears throat> I just continuously get stressed and then waste money mm-hmm. right to feel better mm-hmm. about being stressed I've done that about money oh yeah me yeah. too I yeah. woke up in a bad mood and I go you know what I need a new pair of shorts and I don't know why I, I thought that uh, was know. it actual shorts yeah I went about <laughs> a pair of shorts <laughs> <laughs> all right um, I think I mean I'm saying that you know hi I'm Robin <laughs> 
I belong in this meeting. Um, but I think it's really common, actually. It's not, I don't think that it's unique to at least the two of us. And I'm sure, Sherry, you've had your own experience with that, too. So, um, yeah, what do you think in what you do, like dealing with people's money, what do you think the most common psychological uh, impact manifestations of symptoms and stuff that you see? What do you see with people worried about money? So I think there's a couple and I'm going to take it from kind of the business side um, first, because, because from the personal standpoint, I I do think there's some grace to be had because if you, you don't know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And you can have grown up in an environment that the $5 that you have left well, I need McDonald's tonight. I, I need to eat dinner. Sure. And McDonald's is what you know, right? So I think we fall into these like these habits that we didn't knowingly choose for ourselves. Right. Right. So when I mentioned, you know, me and my brother mowed lawns to eat, guess where we were going? Well, yeah. Lunch. We right. weren't buying groceries. We were 11, 9, 10 years old. Right. We weren't going to the grocery store with that 20 bucks. We were going to bike across town and get McDonald's. <laughs> right, it's a Burger King, right. Because exactly. that's what we knew. We grew up and my dad taught us how to order McDonald's. So so we defaulted to what we knew. Right. right? We weren't being good stewards. We were trying to get food in our bellies. Right. You were we hungry. Didn't work hard. Right, right. Right. But but I didn't we wouldn't have known to go get groceries. You didn't have the tools, is what you're saying, to to Correct. take that money that you had and then go make a better decision about what you were gonna buy with it in terms of food. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. So then, I mean, me and my brother both have more than changed the way that we handle money. Um, well, and clearly you eat more right. than McDonald's these days. <laughs> I haven't been eating McDonald's in years. Yeah. But... <laughs> You're like, enough of that. <laughs> yeah. I, I also worked at McDonald's in college. But anyway. Okay. So not to bash on McDonald's. No, but, no, no. Um, so from a personal standpoint, I think there's so much more to unpack there. From a business owner standpoint, um, you know, when now you're you're taking an additional stress of you're you're not only responsible for bringing home the paycheck you're responsible for bringing in the gross revenue mm. and cover those expenses and bring home a paycheck and then cover your personal expenses right so it, it's this twofold twofold effect you've got right. to keep the business running and your personal life running so two budgets two things to manage more to manage so we start talking about talents right right talent to to more than one talent um so i do see i i get on calls with people who are calling me up because they're frustrated they they don't know where money's at in their business they got surprised with a tax bill so i get anxiety you know can can i pay my bills right Um, i don't even know if i can pay you i get depression so depression and anxiety seem when i i I talk to a lot of men on Uh calls because they're typically business owners. And sometimes I get calls, they're kind of angry and depressed. Okay. I see those a lot with men where they're going to be quick to be angry with like, even in the, like the initial conversation, mm. Hey, I need a broker. So I actually, if that's how you're, you're coming to me, I actually probably don't take you on as a client because I have to limit those, sure. those interactions. Of course. Like I'm not the bad guy, but I will help you organize the money. Right. right? So depression and anger from just not knowing, being right. uncertain. 
and then being a slave to the business because you're a slave to the money. Mm. I have seen business owners not stop working just because they're in this routine of, I need to get another client. I need to make more money. Mm. And yet they're taking home plenty of money on my, on like from the, from the, the bookkeeping end. Yeah. Is what I mean, right? yeah. So not to judge how much they're taking in from the bookkeeping, their business is healthy, but they're slave to their business. They're not seeing their family. They're huh. not taking vacations. So now, you know, it's not providing that legacy or that um, freedom that they might have started the business for. Right. Or maybe they started it for that and they're just stuck. Right. They don't know how to break out of that, that type of routine or habit. Yeah. Right. Um, Which would also be frustrating too. Right. You, I mean, you'd probably read the same stuff, anger and frustration, fear. Yep. And then I see, um, so I'm also kind of going down some of the consequences you had mentioned um other business owners being jealous of other business owners why can't i do what they're doing why can't i have their success why doesn't it come as naturally to me um and it gets frustrating and they stop they will kind of sabotage their own business because they're distracted by what someone else is doing when as christians we're we're called to focus on the task that we've been given right we we want to we want to absorb knowledge and information we want to see what can i be doing better but we don't want to it it becomes the lion in the street right what they're doing their their website their clients their revenue what they're posting on social media i gotta tell you if someone's just posting on social media all the time hey i got a twenty thousand dollar client i got this i got that you're just seeing the top of the bucket. You're not seeing their expenses. You're not seeing what they take home. Right. Like that could be great and all. You could have a million dollar business and take home 20,000. Right. Right. You know, so, right. so it, it, you don't see the full, the full picture on again, social media. Right. Right. So don't be comparing yourself. <laughs> That's yeah, the, the main, yeah. The main that. point is like, and social media is just such a cesspool for this. Mm -hmm. Don't be looking at other people's pictures and assume that you like from that photo, you have a full picture of what's happening. That's infected every avenue and category. Yeah, it really has. Yeah. 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 And, and I tell people, especially if they're in my coaching program, I'm an open book. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you what has and hasn't worked because there's so many people who won't. Right. And in, in the world of bookkeeping, I'm actually not your competitor. There mm-hmm. are so many businesses that need bookkeeping mm-hmm. that we can go serve them well and not actually have to compete. Mm-hmm. Um, because I know what my goals are. Right. I know what my, like, <laughs> I'm not called to do everyone's bookkeeping. Um, right, right. Really, truly. And so some of the things I would recommend a business owner do to to kind of reverse that mm-hmm. financial steward. I don't know if you want me to. Yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah, getting lost that. in I'm getting lost in your conversation. Like I'm really like attentively. I am. I'm so interested yeah, I'm like, in what you're saying. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, go on. My go mouth on. is kind of like <laughs> hanging open a little bit. Yeah. Keep keep going. Keep Sherry. going. Yes. <laughs> Stop me if you need to. No. But, uh, so, you know, one of the first things is from a business owner standpoint would be to get the bookkeeping order, so that you even know what you're working with. Right. Um, and things like that. So, so that gives you like the first step of 
here's what to do. You know, mm-hmm. here's what I can even do. Mm-hmm. After that, from personal business owner, you know, it, it, it becomes a wash, mm-hmm. whether you're looking at your personal finances or your business finances or both. Um, you know, we all know a collective pastor, Jeff Durbin, mm-hmm. will say, show me your checkbook and I'll show you where your faithfulness is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I botched the quote, but um, it's pretty close yeah, to that. I don't think you close. botched it. Yeah. yeah. Right. Show me your checkbook. Um, right. And I think that's so because we want to be tithing faithfully. Um, the owner of JCPenney, forgive me, I forget his name, said throughout his career, I want to live on, I, I want to tie 10% so that I can live on 10% later. later. Mm. Um, and he did that for his business and his personal. Wow. So he did on his business and his personal 10%. Mm-hmm. And then he did, he did get to live on 10% and was able to give the other 90. Wow. That is so crazy. Yeah. How cool is that? So, okay. Um, I want to, so I love, I love where we're headed. I want, so one of the questions I asked Sherry when we were prepping to do this episode was if you could give us a list, like a little, a short list, like a handful of things, five things that we could do as Christians to be good stewards of our finances, the money that belongs to God, right? Really? it's hard that's the truth Mm -hmm. and if we're remembering that um so tithing was i think the top of your list right yeah 100 percent top of my list so numero uno number one guys for steps things you can do is tithe faithfully Mm -hmm. so i mean before you have a budget before all of those things i would um I would like you to have a budget in tandem with that so that you know that you're not going to bounce the tithe check. Right. However, (laughs) (laughs) it just, A, we're called to biblically. B, it just sets the tone Mm -hmm. for your heart and your mind dealing with it. Right. That is so true. It it orients your, yourself to to be your heart. It orients your heart correctly towards anything else you'll do with the money. Oh, so true. Numero uno. Um, my number two yes. was to practice contentness. And from that being content, it, so I, I combine number two with a couple of actions, but from this place of being content with your house, being content with your job, being content with the income level you're making, your wealth level. Mm. Um, if you're making 20,000 a year, if you're making a hundred thousand, um, whether you're making ends meet or if you've got extra, we're going to be content with what we have. If that means going on a fast from social media, go on a fast from social media while you're in this process. Right. Um, and then from that state, we're going to make a budget Mm. and this is just a logical budget. You know, what are my water bills? What are my electricity? What is my rent or mortgage? What are the bills that I have to pay and how much do I realistically need for groceries? Um, because right now I got to tell you Ugh. my eggs, my egg costs have gone. They have three X. Oh just yeah. The cost of eggs. I, I was like, Oh, eggs are a cheap breakfast. And my husband pointed out, no, they're not. Not anymore. <laughs> like, well. It's insane. I, in one of the groups, like the I'm on, I can't even remember if it was um, like a Christian group or, just like a um like an outdoor group but 
this girl got on and she was like, I have a family of four. It's me, my husband and our two toddlers. And I'm spending $250 a week on groceries. Mm. That's insane. Mm -hmm. That's just nuts. This is a completely different podcast, so we're not going to like spiral out here. But yeah, we're not talking about the inflation that's inflation. happening right now. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, this is totally a different money podcast, though. Mm -hmm. We could talk. We could do another one. Well, it goes back to the proverb <laughs> that we that that yeah. we uh, yeah that goes back to the proverb that we just you. mentioned. Yeah, uh, uh, Proverbs thirteen eleven. You know, um, there was something uh, tweeted out. Uh, you know, uh, from uh, the White House. Uh, uh, that um, people under Social Security are getting the highest paychecks uh, that they've ever had in the last decade. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, um, and really that's because of the law that Nixon put in <laughs> and um, uh, that based off of inflation, your Social Security oh, checks goes go up. goes up, that makes yeah. sense, okay. Which actually creates more inflation because it raises yeah. the debt ceiling because it's money that they... they I, I, you talk about getting money that dwindles um, that you didn't you know, work for, uh, with your hands or anything like that. I'm not... Talking about not taking care, so you know, uh, senior citizens or, or social security or anything like that, but from a financial standpoint uh, of the government and how they're handling things, you just see debt increase and debt increase mm -hmm. and debt increase and debt increase because everybody's just giving everything out, kind of thing like that. Yeah, and, and it costs something. And um, well, well, and I mean, people have paid into it. But yeah. anyway, again, that's an entirely yeah, well, different yeah, okay, yeah, it's a different <laughs> pod podcast. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So one is tithe faithfully mm -hmm. Two would be, um, you summarized it really well, but I'm only remembering the budget. Yeah. I said practice contentness. Pra yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Practice contentedness. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And don't in that pine that's over. That's allow us to mm -hmm. stay within the budget. Right. Mm -hmm. Don't pine over right. other people's stuff. Doug Wilson has like one of my favorite definitions for envy mm. because he just makes a distinction distinction between jealousy and envy. And we, we have to, because God does and God describes himself as a jealous God. Um, and so we kind of typically think of jealousy in this really like negative way, mm -hmm. but it, that's not a biblical understanding of it. Mm -hmm. Envy, however, seeks what somebody else. So jealousy seeks what belongs to me. Mm -hmm. But envy seeks what belongs to someone else and it seeks to harm them mm -hmm. in my like procurement of what they have. Mm -hmm. And that's true. I mean, how many like I'm I've been guilty of this, you know, watching somebody post pictures of their gorgeous, huge house that mm -hmm. somehow always looks spotless in every picture they post, you know, yeah, Mary Poppins ran their way. through. Um, yeah. And they're even if I'm not consciously aware that it's happening, like I'll find myself thinking I deserve that more. Mm -hmm. And that's so malicious. And mm -hmm. it's just what? Mm -hmm. It's not real. It's not. It, it is totally and, and completely mm -hmm. absurd. And if as a Christian, I need to be acknowledging my um, unmerited favor mm -hmm. constantly right. and never, ever be esteeming, right, mm -hmm. myself in that way anyway. So. <clears throat> and this goes back down to, you know, idolatry too as well. Though yeah. You can't serve both two masters. You can't masters. serve both God and mammon or, or money. And, and, you know, again, you see this a lot too as well. Now we can make an idol out of anything. We always say this on that uh, yeah. on this podcast. Anything. Well, it really, sin is idolatry because right. you're 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 replacing. Yeah, you're worshiping the creation, creation and not the creator. 
Um, but there are categories of idolatry which are worse than the others and have effect. Uh, money is very powerful. You know, yeah. it, it creates a mentality. People flock to other people with money. You feel like you're in power if you have money uh, well. too as well. Um, if you worship money like Sherry um, um, just kind of bring up um, and uh, you're a slave to the money. You know what I mean? It works out for the money. And uh, like, um, and it, and you're never spending time with your family. Something is costing you something. So that's what idolatry does. It's costing you consequences. Or, or you're encountering consequences and it's costing you um, your time, your mind frame, your anxiety, your depression, whatever. The wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. It's slowly sucking life out of you. Yeah. And sometimes... In money, it could do it rapidly because yeah. you can you can have it today and it's gone tomorrow kind of thing. Um, you know, I uh, again, I I, uh, I talk to a lot of homeless people. Right. You know, I, I've talked to people that are fresh out on the streets. I, I was paying my rent. I had everything. And then all of a sudden I lost my job and I had no savings and I'm living in my car. And um, those usually people, those uh, people usually bounce back. <laughs> the ones <laughs> um, in their cars. Yeah, the ones in their cars. Um they're not that out there for very long. It depends on what, you know, how you kind of gauge that. But it's usually the addicts that are out there perpetually longer sure. than that. Uh, but same thing, you know, they were living a life, and then all of a sudden, uh, when they looked, they're they sleeping weren't on the anymore, park. right? Um, and it's because, uh, first of all, they didn't know how to manage correctly. Second of all, they had an idolatrous nature in their heart to where there was no responsibility with their money. It's just give me so I can get, and that's how life goes. I just obtain and disperse, and obtain and disperse, and that's it, right? And uh, we're not just uh, people of uh, consuming things, I guess. And um, uh, I had to battle that throughout my life. I'm, I'm just not, I'm not a guy that just consumes things, you know. Mm-hmm. I can't just get money and then consume with that money. Um, I have to be able to, uh, to manage it properly. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wish I learned that sooner. And Sherry, I, uh, I'm, I'm curious about, and, and maybe you too, Robin, uh, about parents. When I was growing up, my parents never let me sit and watch them like balance a checkbook or do their finances mm. um, only because I, they just felt like they shouldn't burden me with their, you know, finances. And I, I get that mentality, but I wish they did because I would have learned how they did it. Sure. <laughs> um, so I actually have a bachelor's in youth ministry. Yeah. So theology there, but I think um, that's very generational. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we're we're seeing a shift from that where um, I think because of that, I'm going to say our generation mm-hmm. has like brought kids into yeah. our businesses, you know, paying them out of our businesses, taking advantage, taking advantage of some of the tax laws there, but also bringing them into how do we teach them how to manage money? Mm-hmm. It it may still not be bringing them into balance the, the family budget, mm-hmm. but it might be here's our grocery list. This is how much we have to spend. Or here's our Christmas budget. Here's, here's how much to spend. Or here's your budget. And mm-hmm. we're going to tithe and save and give and then spend some right. of it. Oh, I love that so yeah. much. Um, I was just going to say uh, my experience was that my grandfather absolutely sat me down mm-hmm. with his ledger and showed me his Every, books, everything. everything. Yeah. And I think he mm-hmm. did it specifically because he wanted he was such a good steward mm-hmm. of money. Um, he want and he wanted to teach me how to do that. Mm-hmm. So I still remember it. I can when I close my eyes, I can still see his handwriting on that ledger. Um, so I mean, I I 
I'm certain that there, it is a generational thing, and I'm 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 grateful that my grandpa decided he was going to break that convention. Yeah. Then, um, what are number four, numbers four and five on your list, really quick? So technically three, four, and five. Oh, three, four, and uh, five. Okay. Oh, that's right. So I combine. Yeah, yeah we did those. too. Yeah. Because yeah. knowing your numbers goes a long way to making wise decision and and giving you kind of a framework for being content. Yeah. Um, the budget. Mm-hmm. Become a giver, and I would say financially, become a giver. Um, but this can also be of your time, of your encouragement, of your resources, of you know participating in the meal train, um, participate in serving um, other people. And I don't think you have to spend a lot to be a giver. Um, but I don't think we need to hide away for two years until we're debt free. Mm-hmm. Um, that was advice that was given to me um, right. early on, and I I think it's it's smart because while you can be so focused on yourself to get out of debt, and there might be some situations where that might be a wise thing to do, um, I think it often puts pressure on the mom to go back to work and mm-hmm. take herself away from the family. And then we start glorifying them working for an employer instead of serving her family in maybe ways to save money or be economically beneficial to the family and to the community, Um, like we see in Proverbs 31. So just a tangent there. Number four was to meet with a financial advisor to go ahead and think about your future and future planning what what might what goals might you want to have what type of inheritance do you want to start leaving your children and do it step by step and i would say to do it without becoming anxious so because we're going to practice contentment 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 i don't yeah. know why i can't do this word <laughs> that's, how, that's just right. how it goes <laughs> it's always just one it. anyway yeah. <laughs> um you know we're not going to become anxious we're going to take everything before to the lord in prayer mm-hmm. um i know that there was a season when i was I was primarily responsible for bringing home our salary um, for my me and my husband when he was in college. And I finally got advice from someone saying, but it's not a sh- stress on you. It, it's his responsibility. Right. And that, that helped to start to shift it. But I remember so many times, like I would sit down and kind of anxiously write through the budget instead of like, paying attention in church or whatever I that that's just I was so focused it would allow you yeah it was distracting you yeah oh that reminds me I was Mm -hmm. preaching at a church in Cornville one time and this lady every Sunday starts doing her budget and grocery list uh (laughs) and um that tells you about the nature of the pastors that were there (laughs) not the place to do that yeah I was like I wasn't actually in church it was like yeah 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 but as soon as I started preaching (laughs) on some something like um wisdom pays attention the fear of the lord and wisdom <laughs> she clicked she just... off her pen and went okay oh. <laughs> and that broke the uh, the pattern uh, of her behavior. she never did it again kind of thing she's like i uh, she's like i always tell myself i shouldn't do this yeah <laughs> but i end up doing it and then all of a sudden i heard you and you uh, you're like okay I, and, I and click off the pen and, 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 and paid attention <laughs> but uh it good, was uh, it good. was funny so wait, that reminded me when you just said that okay. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, people do that, don't they? They do yeah. their lists yes. and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, this, I'm the list writer. This is when it pays to be a Sabbatarian. It really is. <laughs> no work. You just just rest, <laughs> no work, relish in the glory of God. Uh, so I, I don't want to say that like 
there are no men list makers because that is not accurate, of course. Yeah. But I do think women yes. tend to make more lists than yes. men. Yes. Um, and I think it, you know, as a way to cope and to cope with and also to purge anxiety because we have so many things racing through our brain at any given moment mm. and trying to so manage get, it and remember it all. That's get, a huge thing for me. Um, I need to get it out. My head is a terrible, <laughs> bad yeah. neighborhood, right? Like don't go there alone. So if I can get it out on paper, it actually helps dissipate mm -hmm. some of the just worry, mm -hmm. I think, that will accompany, you know, all of being a mom, being a mom and a wife. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But that's where budgeting comes in, right? Because right? Mm -hmm. it, it is a list. It's a financial list of sorts. And then you know that you haven't missed any bills. You know that you have money to pay the bills, things like that. But I think we can start worrying about like, okay, the cost of eggs is three times as expensive as it was three months, six months ago. Right. But I can't triple my budget. Right. Right. So so there can it can produce anxiety, but that's where we need to be faithful and, right. and, and seek the Lord. Give it to the but Lord in prayer. All like, for wisdom and resources. But also not be just avoidant and not do it. Just, you know, kind of like head buried in the sand mentality. You also mm -hmm. have to deal with the fact that eggs are three times of three times as expensive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, what's number five? Number five would be to reevaluate regularly. Oh, so, yeah. Okay. So, you know, we want to frequently look back each quarter, each month, thank the Lord for how He's provided. Mm. Thank Him for the job that you have or the new job you've got. Thank Him for the extra money, the extra side job that came in. Thank Him for the giving that you were able to do, whether mm. it was resources, meals, your tithe. Um, you know, remember the meals that you made for other families. Really look back and see what what am I doing well? What is going well? You know, and that that's going to help feed that contentness. Right. Um, contentedness spirit. <laughs> that's such Whatever. a good, I love that so much. Because then, yeah. If that so, is, if no, if that's the air, if that's the spirit that is now like surrounding dealing with your finances, it, you're just, it's going to make everything better. And, and this is exactly what Paul's going to uh Notice a pattern out of uh, a Sherry's, thank the Lord for this. Right. Thank the Lord for this extra income. Thank the Lord for your job. Thank the Lord every quarter frequently. I mean, yeah. just going back and looking over everything and see how God's blessed you. Therefore, thanks is due. Give this thanks. is exactly what Paul's talking about in the letter to the Philippians when he says, I know how to abound. Right. And I, you know, and I also know what it means to be um, um, hungry and right. full. Uh, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The, um, sort of the theology around that text or the context around that text is being content right um is uh knowing when the weather to storm you right. know what i mean and to pick up your cross and go to the uh, and go to uh your grave with the things of god kind of thing um and paul experienced both you know yeah. I mean, oh yeah um what it was Mul to have great multiple things multiple times yeah like i mean i can't even think of another roller coaster and he obtained like and lost all the time and right. um and then one virtue of working with your hands he employed a lot as so not to burden uh others uh simply because he came with the gospel right he wanted to be um above reproach in that area given his background and his context i right. don't um um, I, you know, I, I actually get his calling in that. Um, but then again, he also says, take care who, of your, yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. Take, yeah, take care of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, he who uh, works by the gospel gets paid by the gospel. Exactly. Kind of thing. Right. Remember that in your giving exactly. <laughs> uh, to take, your church. Take yeah. care of your pastors. You're taking care of your pastor's families uh, uh, with that. If they're blessing you with knowledge, I guarantee you, yeah. <laughs> you would want to bless them too as well. Um, again, money is powerful. It can cause discouragement mm. when it doesn't come. Um, uh, it also can bring great joy when it does. And so uh, I, I love the fact that Sherry was saying just thank the lord in all things yeah and i really think those five things help kind of word against put our our spirit in the right place to word Mm -hmm. against the anxiety the depression being slave of money the envy and jealousy that can come with money um at bay from a scriptural standpoint i think those are as i was kind of thinking about it i was like because me you know meeting with the financial advisor kind of seems off the list but right. we're seeking wisdom. Right. Right. You know, um, so, so those five were kind of my, I love that list. What I would do, this is what I've learned to do, um, from a scriptural standpoint. And if it hadn't been for the Lord kind of thing. And, and there was always sure. just some extra blessing in, in the wisdom that he's given you. Um, and, uh, you have a couple businesses uh, right now, and uh, they're prospering uh, very well. And um, and it really, I mean, if you were void of one of those steps, could you see a decrease, you know, in in, um, um, in what you've obtained? Uh, that discipline, if um, if you could speak to that a little bit, um, how important it is. Let's just concentrate on the thankfulness, how important it is to thank mm-hmm. uh, the Lord what has that done for your heart and mind and, mm. um, and prosperity for your businesses? Oh, I love that. I think it's taken the stress out of uh, multiple fold. So if we're just talking thankfulness, what is thankfulness done? Um, I'm in a client facing business. So mm. services, both of those businesses are service based businesses mm-hmm. without being thankful. You're just looking for the next client. Right. Mm-hmm. And they become commodities. Versus people you could serve. Well, right. Well, oh, that right? changes everything, right? So, again, this goes back to the law of God. You have a responsibility to God first and then your neighbor. So love God allows you to love your neighbor yep, properly. Yeah. And because you're thinking God and loving God properly, look at Sherry's mind frame and how she communicates to people. Like she said, a client-based service. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not just commodities. They're not just robots walking no, in there. No, they're where, image yeah, bearers of God, right? They're, they're image bearers of God and they need your help and they're going to put their trust in you right. and they're going to actually pay you for a service. Right. And therefore, you can do a good job for them. You can serve them. And uh, have a, an affection for them. This may be a little per- personal, but have you ever developed a friendship and a relationship uh, based off of a client that you've served? A hundred percent. So I'm, um, my main business, the accounting practice, um, we experience long-term relationships. So in our industry, turnover would happen seven, eight years Mm -hmm. in and I'm three years in. Mm -hmm. So I kind of get to know their family. I get to know the assets that they're buying. I Mm -hmm. I get to know them. I get to know why Mm -hmm. they're doing business. Um, and often because I think because of the people I attract, right? So mm-hmm. we had, we we attract people kind of like ourselves. Right. Just yeah. Sure. Friendships, the we people do. we yeah. hang out with. And I would say our clients too. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I can see them. Their their kids are getting older, yeah. they're having That's so cool. You I, know, like they do become f- not friends in yeah. all cases, but business friends yeah. where I enjoy 
You get you get their Christmas cards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I so I wanted to hit on that point. The reason why I asked that question is because we talk about the psychological effects of the downfall. Sure. But the, look at the upside of, of, the, this. of being great. <laughs> oh, right, right. The stress relief, the friendships. It started with thankfulness towards God. It almost seems that he has that in his design. Um, <laughs> I say that facetiously. I know, I know. <laughs> and tongue in cheek. <laughs> yeah. Is that when stuff starts going right psychologically, um, you may be hitting on something very, very important. <laughs> and uh, I just love that the fact that even thankfulness from the overflow of that, you can probably spit out about five or 10 different things that come from the overflow of just thankfulness alone. Right. Not to mention all the wisdom um, that uh, gives you the ability to even say thank you in the first place right. kind of thing. And um, and so sometimes when we talk about psychological effects, we're always talking about the downfall because that's usually what people encounter. Um, but we need to talk about the, the health yeah. too as well. There is prosperity in the Lord. Mm -hmm. All right. Don't cringe when I say that. Well, right. But it does not come without labor, understanding, contentment, right. everything that she just said, because you don't always get what you want, but you'll find out what you, <laughs> that you get what you need. And right. that is enough. In fact, it brings so much joy and even a friendship or two. Right. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, that's the prosperity that I want. I want my contentment and my happiness con to come straight from the Lord. Anything else is a blessing from him that I get to bless others with. Love God, love neighbor, love God, right. love neighbor. I think that the ultimate financial stewardship should be governed around the law. And I think that Sherry and her five steps even yes. sort of emulated all of that um, uh, to where, um, well, no wonder you got a successful, you know, uh, two, uh, business. Two, successful. two successful businesses. Yeah. And um, <laughs> very cool. And so uh, Sherry, before we wrap it up, is there anything that you wanted to add that you might want to say to an audience member who um, is struggling with this right now? Um, yeah, so at the end of the day, money is simply a tool or resource. God does, does not need the money to accomplish his purposes. Right. He can accomplish it with or without your tithe. He can, he can serve, he can make the church do good things. Yes. Um, you are blessed by, by being faithful mm -hmm. in, in giving him the money mm -hmm. that he, that we're called to give. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and although we can use money to further God's cause, he values our participation. Mm -hmm. He's bigger than money. Right. Sometimes he can meet your needs without money. Mm -hmm. right. You can feel like I will only get this need met if I get this money and the need can still be met. Mm -hmm. Right. right? Um, your wealth doesn't matter to him. Right. If you make 20,000 or 120,000, mm -hmm. a hundred, you know, 120 billion. Right. I don't think that matters to yeah. him. I think your heart and your faithfulness within that. Mm -hmm. um, and that's true prosperity, you know, guys. Yeah. It's true prosperity. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. We're going to, I think, I feel like I, we've got like three more potential podcast episodes. Yeah. We have to do a follow up with this. And um, so we'll do a return with, uh, yes, we've, with we've, Mrs. <laughs> Stags here. we've already voluntold her. She's coming back. Oh, cool. Yes. Cool. We'll do it. We'll do it. Uh, I love it. I love it. Yeah, um, thank you so much. So this is a good place to wrap it up. Uh, thank you, Sherry, for coming on uh, yeah. our show. Um, I hope you will, um, uh, you yourself, even Sherry, uh, would go back and listen to this too as well. And yeah. if there's anything you would love to add, please uh, feel free to to you know uh, you know 
give us something to post. Uh, yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you think about something else. Um, but um, I, we'll, yeah, we'll make sure that when the episode uh, comes out, we link everything we can. Sure. Uh, Sherry, is, uh, uh, if anybody wanted to contact you directly, if you, uh, uh, if you would want them to or to do business with, uh, uh, with you, where would they find you out right now? Um, the best place to find me is on Facebook. I am on mm-hmm. Facebook, um, but www.stagsconsulting.com. Okay. okay. We'll start pointing you towards me. My email is Sherry, S-H-E-R-R-Y, at stagsconsulting.com mm-hmm. if you just want to get to me directly. Sure. Um, cool. Those will be the two best ways to, mm-hmm. to find me and Get in touch with me. Awesome, awesome. So we'll give you that plug right there. Of course, we'll post it uh, on our social media too as well. If you want to contact Sherry, please do so. Mm -hmm. Um, And you'll find her to be a a very faithful person of God and a, a, a servant of his children. Yes. Um, thank it, you for letting us take your time this yes, afternoon. Thank you very thank much. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited we finally got to. I yes. know. Well, and we'll plan another one for after the new year. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So we're 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 gonna we're gonna have to. And and it is always if you're feeling depressed, anxious, even over some things like a, a, a financial money. situations, money, whatever. Take heart. Take courage. He has overcome the world. Love, Love you guys. guys.